this year. And uh, of course, it's the final night of, of Advent, and when we come together to celebrate the light that Jesus came into the world when he came as a baby so many years ago. There's a lot of different ways that people celebrate Christmas uh, in their own unique traditional way. Uh, at our house on Christmas Eve, we will read the Christmas story found in Luke uh, chapter number two. We'll read the Christmas story. We, we always open up uh, one gift, uh, and that one gift is always pajamas. Uh, now, they don't match. If you're one of those families that wear matching pajamas, you're a little weird, but hey, you do you. That's fine. That's your tradition. But uh, we open up pajamas and slippers, and then we get in our new pajamas and our slippers, and we come back in the living room, and we watch a Christmas movie uh, until we fall asleep. It's usually uh, Polar Express, one of my favorite Christmas movies. It used to be uh, the uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but I uh, finally convinced April that's a terrible terrible movie and so we don't watch that anymore they watch that without me and uh, we watch a polar express and the kids fall asleep and uh, or we usually make them go to bed and we go to bed a little later and then the kids wake up way way too early uh, like four o'clock in the morning one year they woke up at like one and I'm like no you're going back to bed we're not doing this that's stupid you go back to bed and wake up later but they'll wake up way before, before the sun comes up and uh, come in and wake us up and we'll go in the living room and we'll open up presents and everybody has a great time. And then after all the presents are done and the trash is picked up, it's like, okay, great. Now go back to bed because you kids were stupid and woke up too early. And then we go back to bed and we sleep late and it's great because they have all their new little toys and stuff. So they don't bother me in April. And we can sleep late. And so they leave us alone and we sleep late. When we wake up, we, we make a lot of bacon and some cinnamon rolls, and we have bacon and cinnamon rolls for brunch, and then we just just hang out all day. We just kind of relax, and usually I'm putting toys together or setting up devices and all kinds of stuff. We just kind of hang out and relax for a while, and then that evening, uh, we'll go to the family house, and we'll have a, a wonderful meal together, and then we'll come home and, and sleep that night, but it's just, it's a day uh, just of fun and family and gifts and food, and it's just, it's a wonderful time. But that's how we celebrate. Uh, you celebrate differently. Uh, you celebrate how your family celebrates. Some of you wear matching pajamas. Some of you may get Chinese food. Some people do that. Uh, you just do whatever you want to do. And that's the wonderful thing about family and Christmas. You can celebrate it any unique way that you want to. And the gospel writers were, very, were the same as we are. Each one of the gospel writers gave us a unique and different account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew, he tells about Joseph and Mary receiving the visit from the angel. And of course, Joseph received the, the visit from the angel that informed him that the son Mary was carrying was in fact the Messiah. And she was going to give birth to the, the Son of God. He tells about how the Magi who recognized the star of Jesus in the sky when he was born and followed that star and came to visit him two to three years later. If your manger scene has the wise men in it, you're biblically incorrect. I'm not going to criticize you, but God will. And uh, so they came and visited him later, but he tells about the visit from the Magi. Uh, Mark's gospel uh, doesn't mention Jesus' birth at all. Instead, he begins his story with John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, preaching about Jesus in the wilderness. And, of course, begins with the baptism of Jesus. Luke, Luke gives us the classic Christmas story. The story we've seen acted out in Christmas plays so many times, the, the story we all know, 
And I've heard over and over and over again, uh, Luke tells about the angel visiting Mary and Elizabeth and letting them know that they're going to bear children. And then he tells about, of course, the taxing from Caesar Augustus that caused Mary and Joseph to have to travel to Bethlehem so late in her pregnancy, which is, is never a good idea to travel that late in pregnancy, especially on a donkey. Uh, I remember when we were in Bible college coming home the last year, April was uh, nine months pregnant with Alexis. And we had Connor, who was two, uh, and Parker, who was eight. I don't know. He was, he was there. Uh, but we're trying, you know, if you've ever driven 12 miles with a woman who's nine months pregnant, 12, I mean, nine months pregnant, 12 hours, 12 miles even, 12 hours <laughs> with a woman who's nine months pregnant, you got to stop like every 20 minutes for bathroom breaks. And I'm like, stop drinking. But then, you know, it's like, oh, I'm getting dehydrated. Boo-hoo. Anyway, so we turned that 12-hour journey into 48 hours because we got, we got stuck in a blizzard in West Virginia. And so, and if you're ever trapped in a hotel in West Virginia with a pregnant woman and two kids and a dog, get your own room. I'm just going to tell you that. But so Mary and Joseph, of course, Luke tells about how they had to go to Bethlehem when she was so pregnant uh, for the taxing purposes. And they get there and there's no room for them. And she goes into labor and has to give birth in a stable and have to lay the, the baby Jesus, the Messiah, have to lay him in a manger. And of course, who could forget Luke tells about the shepherds who heard the great news while they were watching their sheep that night. The angels came and, and told them about the, the wonderful news that the Savior had been born. And these, these shepherds, these lowly people of society, got to go and, and see the baby Jesus. And I'm sure one of them asked if they could hold him. And I'm sure like a good mother, Mary said, you got to wash your hands. And there was no, no hand sanitizer, so probably the shepherds didn't get to hold baby Jesus, but they got to see the Messiah. And of course, Luke tells us, this story. And then we have John's gospel. John doesn't mention angels. John doesn't mention shepherds or Mary or Joseph or wise men or any of that. John assumes that we already know these stories. So turn your Bibles to John chapter number one. John chapter one. Now John, instead of retelling the stories we've heard from, from Matthew and the story we heard from Luke, he gives an introduction to the story of Jesus, to the, the birth of the Messiah that's full of poetry, that's full of images, that's full of metaphors. And all of them help summarize the significance of Jesus' mission and the reason he came to the world to begin with. So in John chapter 1, start reading in verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, 
but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John, it's the Apostle John, who really gives us the clearest image about what Christmas is all about. It's an image that has its roots in Old Testament prophecies. It's an image that Jesus himself used to describe his mission for coming to earth to shine the light of God into the darkness of the world. It's an image we celebrate this evening as we, in a few minutes, will light the Christ candle. And then, of course, we'll light our candles as well. And it's an image of the good news that we are supposed to take out of here tonight, proclaiming to all those who are still in darkness. John reminds us that at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world that came to extinguish the darkness of sin. John's introduction, he helps us understand this image of Jesus as the light of the world. He, he starts off with the same words that begin Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. But instead of going into the creation of the world and in the beginning was, was God, he, he, instead of going into that, he goes into, he tells us this, in the beginning was the Word. The Word, of course, John tells us, was the active agent, the creative force that created all of heaven and all of earth. And he was the, the part of God that created everything. And of course, he tells us that the Word was with God and the Word was God in the beginning. And here in this poetic language, John points us to one of the deepest truths of the Christian faith, and that's the truth of the Trinity, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three in one. Three separate entities making up one incredible God. And they existed all at the same time. And here in the opening sentences of, of John's biography of Jesus, John reminds us that Jesus was there at creation. Jesus did not come into being at Bethlehem. Jesus always has been. Jesus always will be. He isn't merely a, a humble man with a, a humble birth and a, and a stable. Jesus is God. He was, he was at creation, and it was at creation that Jesus gave light and life to all people. And even at creation, he was, for he was the light of the world. And in the beginning, the world was full of life and the world was full of light. And if the story stopped there after creation, then we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas here this evening. We wouldn't be celebrating the birth of Jesus. But everything didn't remain as God created it. Of course, we all know the story. After God created heaven and earth and he created the light and he created man to live in perfect fellowship and perfect harmony with him, man rebelled. Adam and Eve sinned in darkness entered the world. Adam and Eve broke their relationship with God when they disobeyed him, and immediately they knew what they'd done was wrong. So the Bible tells us they hid in darkness to hide their face from God, but God would not let them stay in darkness because he didn't want them in the shadows, didn't want them to live in darkness, so he sought them out and he, he found them and he, he told them that he loved them. And ever since then, God has been working to bring humanity back into the light and out of the darkness of sin. 
And for thousands of years, God helped his people see the light of the world and helped them move from darkness to light. He gave the people of Israel light through the, the law and its covenant promises, but they continued in darkness and disobedience. And through the prophets, he, he promised a Messiah who would shine the light of God into the dark world and enable people to walk into light once and for all. And in the fullness of time, God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to fulfill those roles, to be the light shining in darkness. And on that very first Christmas day, so many years ago, Jesus was born into a world full of darkness so that he could bring an end to that darkness. Now, Jesus was born in a very dark time. And times are just as dark today as they were then. Today we celebrate the fact that God did not leave us alone in the darkness. He came to shine light for all of us. And so we, we look back today and we thank God that Jesus came as a light into the world to shine the light into the darkness of man. But we also look forward to the day when Jesus will return once more and he will extinguish darkness once and for all. That is the good news of Christmas. That is why we celebrate tonight. When Jesus came into Bethlehem so long ago, he came into a world darkened by sin. But when he came, he brought light. We're going to go ahead and take the lights down. When Jesus came into a world... It was a dark world. When Jesus came into the world in Bethlehem, he came as light into a dark world. But he came not just to shine for himself, he came for us to take that light as well and receive that light. But the story is not supposed to stop here. So Jesus came to shine light, to give us light, but we're to take that light and give it to others. And then they're to take that light and give it to everyone else. 